Hi, welcome to Spiritual Weight Loss. I'm your host, Kelsey. Today, we are diving into our belief systems. What is it that we think or believe or feel in around diets, exercise, health, weight loss, food? We have stories that we have around what it is to diet and imagine that those belief systems can either help us or hinder us. So stay tuned today. We're going to have a great conversation, ask great questions, and get into what is really running the show. So sit back, relax, let's dive in. So our belief system, basically, what do we hold to be true? What's something that has a truth for us? A belief is personal. We may have beliefs that others also agree with, but we also may have our own internal beliefs that maybe not everyone agrees with. And are our belief systems supporting us in healthy ways or does it have an impact to it that is negative? We're going to start asking these questions as a way to just discover what's there for us. If a belief system serves us, then it's something we would keep. But there are some belief systems that we hold to be true that actually don't have merit and maybe are not serving us. Now, are we stuck with them? Absolutely not. I'm going to give you an example. So I've been a cereal dieter all my life and I had a belief system that the ketosis diet was the only diet that would work for me. Why did, so that was a truth for me. And I had proof. I, in 2008, I had lost 70 pounds in seven months and then I got pregnant and I stopped doing ketosis because I was pregnant. So I didn't really have a quote unquote failure around the diet. I just stopped doing it. So I made up that ketosis works if you just stick to it. The issue with that was after I had my son and I wanted to get back and shed the weight and get back to where I was, I had a really hard time sticking to it. I would start it, do really great, and then I'd bump up against something and I had a really hard time. So there's an example of a belief system that actually wasn't really working for me in the new life I had. It worked back when I was single, I lived alone, I could control my environment, and it wasn't working when I had a toddler running around and there were goldfish and Cheerios and temptations basically everywhere. It was one comment that someone said to me that shattered that belief system. She said, it wasn't the ketosis diet that was having you lose weight and have that success. It was the lowered caloric intake that you exhibited on that keto's diet that actually contributed to the weight loss. And it was something I never even considered. I would call it the blind spot. I didn't even know that I didn't even know that I was looking at it as the ketosis. It was the lack of carbs that was doing the success. It wasn't the fact that actually I was on a thousand calorie diet 
plus two supplements, which so would be about 1,200 calories a day. So of course I lost weight. That right there, that statement busted up my belief system that I had held on to for so long. And immediate was like, oh, relief. And then I was able to take on something new because I was finally free of the belief system. Another thing that happened that was another belief system was after so many years of dieting and never really giving myself a break, I started to have very interesting relationships to food. When I was on ketosis, carbs became the quote unquote eminent enemy. Fruit was no, 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 it was forbidden. But vegetables were good only if it had low sugars. So I started to label foods as good and bad. And it wasn't conscious. It was just a a way to cope and work on what I was working on. The problem was, is I was able to see so many foods as bad, especially when I was on a diet and it wasn't working. It it wasn't working as fast as I'd like it to. I started to blame the foods for the problem. I remember finding a dietitian because I just felt trapped by my beliefs. And she asked me, so what food is okay? And I actually had to sit and think, and I said, chicken, chicken breast, plain salt and pepper, no marinade, nothing, just plain (laughs) chicken breast. That is safe. And I got to sit with the fact that I saw that my belief system had kept me trapped. And I didn't know what to do. I was paralyzed around food. I could look at every piece of food and go, no, that's not good for me. That's not, and, and, that, and it was not true. So I got to take on a new relationship to food. And it started off with me just picking foods and eating them and having a new relationship with them. So for you, what belief systems do you have? So is there any foods on your list that are good or bad? And let's consider that it's not the food that's the enemy here. Food is food. It's a a morality conversation when we start having the good and the bad show up. So let's take the case that if you're in the grocery store and you pick up something and you label it bad, let's just take a pause and let's just reconsider it. Good and bad are in a different realm and it's a limiting realm. Now, it's tough to get our head around it in terms of Let's pick a chocolate bar, for example, because it's got the sugar, it's higher calorie, there's no nutrients. So yeah, for sure, easy to say it's a bad food. However, it's, it's, there's no freedom when we call it bad. If you ever want a craving for a chocolate bar, 
what world are you setting up? What experience are you setting up for yourself when you want to have a chocolate bar? Who becomes bad now? Do you become bad that you ate the chocolate bar? Do you feel guilty? Do you have shame? And that's why we want to really look at, does bad and good serve us? No. What if we call it, what impact is this going to have on me? Or what el- what's the bigger picture here? Let's, let's create some freedom around food. So if you do want to have a chocolate bar, can you just have the chocolate bar and let go of the bad, the wrong, the shame, and just actually enjoy it? There will be a new experience attached to the chocolate bar. One that has freedom around it. One that could also create a new experience. You know, it's funny. I remember going to my grandma's house and she had this car, uh, this cupboard where she would keep like full-size chocolate bars, not the mini ones, or even sometimes the king-size one. And so many times I would go in there and there would be like this half-eaten chocolate bar fold it up and put pack. And it just was so interesting to me that she would eat half the chocolate bar and then kind of be like full or whatever the experience was for her and be like done complete and then like fold it back up and put it back. That just blew my mind. And what I learned was she had a healthy relationship to chocolate bars she had a craving, she would eat it, she'd be satisfied, she'd, she'd be done. But my relationship to chocolate bar was, oh my gosh, this is a chocolate bar, I got to eat it quickly and kind of like numb myself out and then hide the wrapper, throw it away quick. And two different experiences. And I thought one day I want to be able to like, be able to stop halfway and put it back in the cupboard. What it really represented for me was I wanted power around foods, like all food. I wanted to be able to actually choose a food because I enjoyed it. And then when I was complete with the experience, be able to like stop. And it, I didn't know how to get there. I just knew I wanted to be there. I think it starts with our past, just looking into the past and asking, you know, how do we get to be where we are? What had my relationship to chocolate bars form? Why did it become bad? Where did, what did that come from? And it's really just about number one, awareness, like becoming aware of what's running us. And the moment we get curious, What it does is it doesn't allow that thing that's hidden to be hidden anymore. And that's where our power starts to come. So it starts with just being curious and wanting to know. Because once we ask the questions, the brain is so great at wanting to answer them. So we ask the question, like, where did this come from? And just sit with the question. Something will come up. Something will arise. For me... I remember my mom getting groceries and then she'd come in and it was a random experience. It wasn't like consistent, 
but every once in a while she'd come back and she'd have chocolate bars for everybody. And it was always a surprise, a delight. And it was like kind of a way of showing gratitude, expressing her love. And like I would savor it. And I kind of did have a competition with my brother because he would usually eat it really quick. And then like I would savor mine and then I don't know, maybe I wanted him to be jealous. Who knows? Kid, kids, kid things. But there was definitely a lot of energy around just a chocolate bar. And as I sat with it deeper, when I got older and I had a car, there was also this experience of like, I could go anywhere I want. Like I didn't have to tell anyone <laughs> where I had to be. And one of the first places I went it was 7-Eleven. And I got a chocolate bar. I was like, I could get this myself. I don't have to wait for someone else. So chocolate bars became this like deserving love, freedom experience tied into it's just a chocolate bar. So being able to see where this, what a chocolate bar actually meant to me, I was able to let it go and really relate to it as it's a chocolate bar. It's going to serve as fuel. If I can burn, if my body can burn it up or it's going to convert to fat. If I don't, if it's too many calories and that's it. And I got to be able to get to a place where I could choose chocolate or not. And surprisingly, so I did have the experience of being able to like break off half of it, put the other half in the cupboard and enjoy the portion that I had and be satisfied with. It was a practice that I actually gave myself is like eat half, enjoy it and see, see, can you be satisfied with half? It was a, it was a game. It was like, let's try it. And if I quote unquote failed, no problem. The other half's in the cupboard. But what sense of pride I had when I was like, wow, I actually am satisfied. It's quite sweet. Things I never would have experienced when I was shoveling it in and getting rid of the wrapper. Another place where belief systems can really work against us, especially when we're on our journey to release unwanted weight, is our belief about ourself. So we can go back in time and, and see where there are experiences where someone told us who we were or how we were or what we were not. We get inherited sometimes the belief system we have about ourselves. Sometimes we're born into a family that isn't on our side all the time. Maybe every member of your family is overweight and it's the culture you lived in. Maybe you were never really had a relationship with food or healthy foods. Maybe you weren't taught or educated on what foods serve our body, what don't. And just because we were born into circumstances doesn't mean we're still not responsible as an adult for where we are now. And it's something also to understand that we may have some work to do. So if we were born into, you know, an all overweight family and 
you decide to go against that and, you know, learn about foods and find something that works for you and you start to lose weight, there's something there. You're no longer now in the identity that they all knew you were. And that's something that can be very challenging is basically saying I'm not playing the same role anymore and I'm doing something different that may be met with resistance. And that doesn't mean you go back to the way things were. It just means that there's a new conversation that needs to happen. And basically what it is, is you, you have to call your environment. You have to have, you have to enroll your environment in your new way. And it can take something where they're like, why are you, you know, you look skinny, you look too skinny. That might, that might come up. You look way too skinny. You don't look healthy anymore. You need to eat a sandwich. And there's a moment where you're going to have to take the new belief that you have about yourself and, and, and enroll them in this new lifestyle. Some will never get it. They will resist and resist the whole way through because it can be a threat to them. It can show a mirror to them in the ways that they are that they don't want to be with. And then others are absolutely supportive and congratulate you and get it. And others are maybe just are indifferent. But either way, it is something we have to be responsible for when we choose to make different belief systems and take it on. It may be met with resistance. So it's just something to be mindful of. And it sometimes is not easy. The other part could be that we become a source of inspiration to others. We can show them that it's possible. I took my mirror and I took whiteboard markers and I started to write down I am statements. I am powerful. I am beautiful. I am strong. I have a voice, etc. Things that I know to be true and there's times I don't believe it. So I put it on my mirror every morning so I can remind myself of my future self, the one that I know to be true. So I'm working on believing myself. <laughs> and it's about creating a new relationship to ourselves, to food, or even our, the word diet. When you hear the word diet, do you cringe up and go, oh, here we go again? Or so taking a moment and looking at what does the word diet mean to me? And if there is a negative connotation to the word diet, then call it something else or reframe it and just work on that diet doesn't mean what you said it means. I stopped using the word diet in our weight loss group on Facebook because it kind of says it's short term and it's something that you go on and then when you've got to your goal weight you go off and those types of conversations don't work and we promote in our group long-term healthy lifestyle the first thing we do is if I'm going to take on something, I ask, can I do this forever? 
And if the answer is no, then stop it now. It don't do it because eventually there will be a moment where you will quote unquote, stop it and get off of it. And the only thing that will be available and waiting for you when you stop a diet are the habits that got you to be where you are or were. A great exercise is look back at your history. If you've been a serial dieter like me, going back and seeing what have you done in the past? What's worked? What hasn't worked? And creating a new belief system and challenging the beliefs that didn't serve you. I'm doing this project right now where we take photos from every year of our life and create a book, basically. And it's been such a fascinating experience to go through photos and organize them in the different years. And it's interesting because I have a conversation when I see photos and I'm like, oh, is this the year where I was fat? Is this the year that I was skinny? And seeing the trends on how I relate to myself when I'm slim, how I relate to myself when I'm fat, what was consistent that I didn't realize is that when I was slimmer, I noticed I was very active. And when I was bigger, I was definitely in some sort of emotional, call it crisis. There was heavy things going on during that time. And it wasn't until I actually saw the photos that I even started seeing a connection. When I was active running marathons, it all kind of started with me just wanting to get rid of the extra frustration I was working with and running always seemed to work something I could just go for a run and come home and I feel great what I also realized that anytime I went running it was always to lose weight it was never for feeling better or releasing frustration every conversation I had in my head when I was running was I hope I can just get back on the scale and be down 0.2 ounces. And so there it was again, a belief system that running is to lose weight. And if it's, and if I'm not seeing the results on the scale, then what's the point of running? Or stopping running because I feel overwhelmed with my emotions that I don't want to run anymore when really there's a beautiful synergy here is like when I'm more emotional, I need to run. My body is telling me I enjoy running. I feel better running. And consequently I look better and the scale is irrelevant. The number on the scale is irrelevant. It never served me during that whole process. So it was, it was a really great aha, looking back and seeing a trend. So it doesn't take doing the t finding photos and making an album. It just happened to be access to me looking at my past. 
So even if you take a piece of paper and, and write, you know, the different, like every five years type of scenario and just take a look back, what, where were you five years ago? Where were you 10 years ago? 15, 20, etc. And just start to find a trend. What belief systems were working for you or were not working for you? The whole point of all this is to just be conscious, wake up and see where the belief, st- belief systems are working in your life for you and where they're working against you. Keep the ones that work for you and get rid of the ones that don't. I'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and connect with me. You can email me. I'd love to hear how it's going for you, any struggles you have, breakthroughs you have. Let's talk.